all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, is a show that explores issues that relate to you and your family. To find out what we're all about, subscribe to the podcast by using any podcast app or by downloading our MPB Public Media app. MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy Women's Health, where we discuss issues involving women's health. I'm Dr. Jasmine Kinsey, Assistant Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at UMMC. Everyone strives for healthy and radiant skin and hair, but also want to know if what we are seeing is normal or something we should be concerned about. What anti-aging treatments and ingredients actually work? My hair is thinning. Is this normal for my age? Today, we have Dr. Jasmine Hollinger on with us. She is a dermatologist in the Jackson Metro area at the Integrative Skin Care of Mississippi, and she's going to be discussing hair, skin, and nails with us. Happy Friday, everybody. I know everybody is still trying to stay cool. We got a little bit of a break from the rain, but I think maybe it's coming in. I have no idea. I just figure it out. Every morning I wake up. So if it's raining where you are, try to stay dry, be safe on the roads. If it's not raining where you are, enjoy it while it lasts, because I am sure it is coming. It's coming. It is. Well, I'm so excited. This is a morning of the Jasmines. Yes. Go Jasmine. I I know. I have Dr. Jasmine Hollinger on with us this morning. Um, So welcome, Jasmine. I think you've been on the show before, so Mm -hmm. we're excited to have you here again today. Thank you for having me, Jasmine. I know. I love it. (laughs) So, Jasmine, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, so I'm Jasmine Hollinger, board certified dermatologist. I've been around a little bit. Um, my practice, as you said, is Integrative Skincare of Mississippi um, in Ridgeland. I'm a born and bred Mississippian from Jackson. Uh, I have two girls, six and two, uh, going on 21 and 35. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to medical school at UMC. I did uh, my dermatology training at Howard University in the DMV. So D.C. of the nation's capital. And uh, yes, I've been in private practice uh, about two years. Uh, And so, yeah, that's just a little bit about me. And I I basically kind of my emphasis is integrative medicine. So I like to integrate traditional medicine, but with some things that are also alternative. So um, in another life, I'd probably be a hippie running in the field. (laughs) I love that. So I kind of try to integrate a little bit of that into my practice. So that's awesome, because I know that's what so many people are looking for, because it's so hard, you know, for people these days. I tell everybody it's just hard in general because mm-hmm. you see so much contradictory information. Mm-hmm. Like one minute mm-hmm. you read something in an article and it says, you know, we should all be wearing sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Then you read another article and it's like African-Americans don't need sunscreen. Right, and like right. so then it's like, what do I do? Exactly. <laughs> and it's even hard for us because, I mean, we're inundated. I mean, everybody's a skin expert these days. You've got all these tick 
TikTokers, all these Instagram, like, oh yeah, I'm a skincare, skincare specialist. And I'm like, oh gosh. And so I have patients, they come in and they're like, oh, I bought all these products because this TikTok person said, and I'm like, oh God. <laughs> help me <laughs> and it's right because there's so much out there and you just don't know you know what's what's fact and what's fiction and so. I'll be honest I really didn't start thinking a whole lot about like my skincare mm-hmm. until pregnancy because mm-hmm. then I went into this panic mode of like oh my god is this like gonna hurt my baby like can it absorb in my skin is it mm-hmm. safe to use and then so that's when I really kind of started doing more research mm-hmm. on good skincare mm-hmm. and then I was so lost um, <laughs> trying to figure out what to do and then just the skin changes that you go through Mm -hmm. and aging like and then we had COVID and my acne came back from wearing the mask I was Mm -hmm. just like I can't take this so I'm so (laughs) excited Jasmine is on today to hopefully point us in the right direction and maybe even decrease the if you've got 10 bottles of something laying on your counter (laughs) she might be able to simplify your skincare regimen today with some feedback I I finally got mine down and I have to be honest I cheated a little bit like Uh one of my friends came to see you and her Uh face was looking so clear Uh because she was having acne from COVID. And I was Uh like, what are you doing? She was like, I went to Jasmine like you told me to. I was like, what she tell you to use? And so I was like, look, you can write your own script if you want to. I didn't say that out loud. No, but it's over the counter. Oh, okay. It was over over the counter. counter. No, no, no. No, It ended up just being an over the counter acne wash and like Uh um, my face is clear. Um, Well, see, you didn't need me. You know, well, for now, we'll see. Who knows what's going to happen as, you know, but your skin looks great. Well, I appreciate it. Um, So getting into that, one of the things that I feel like I get a lot of questions about and probably you get a lot of questions about is anti-aging because mm-hmm. I have friends that are already like doing all these treatments and mm-hmm. like, you know, getting a little bit of, you know, here and there. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I'm like, should I start now? Is that like, I don't know, like at what yeah, age am I supposed it. to start all this anti-aging stuff? And then I read an article. You're really going to laugh at me on this one. <laughs> so then I read an article that was talking about Halle Berry's skincare regimen. And it was like, she, it was like Halle Berry never forgets her uh, vitamin C at night. And I'm like, I know I'll never look like Halle Berry, but her skin looks good. So I added vitamin C to my regimen. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> do whatever. Look, just try You know, hey, well, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> so anyway, so so Jasmine, what is your so what are your thoughts on anti-aging? When do you mm-hmm. start? What works? What doesn't work? Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I tell people really good skincare starts with how healthy you are holistically. Right. Because I tell people my patients all the time, you can have like the most expensive skincare products. And if you're eating like crap, you're not sleeping well, you're stressed to the max. I mean, it's really for not you just wasted your money. So it always starts with within. So how well am I sleeping? How much water am I drinking? Um, You know, how stressed am I? You know, what am I doing to take time for myself? You know, true Mm self-care. So that's probably the best tip I can give to anybody um, as far as taking care of your skin because it's, you know, it's our largest organ. So whatever's going on internally, our skin is going to expel it. And you know that being both medicine and pediatrics oh yeah that you know your skin expresses a lot of what's going on internally um so that would be the first thing and then usually as far as what age so some of that kind of depends on one um genetics family history um you know because some people they look really young and you're like oh my goodness you look like you're 15 but you're really 35 you Mm -hmm. know and some of that is genetics genetics plays a huge role but it it only gets us so far right right um so then that's when it comes to you know uh products and sunscreen is very important okay because the sun does cause aging so 
Yes. Black can crack. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the people of color out there that does not think that, you know, that you don't have to wear sunscreen. It's important because it helps protect us from aging um, beyond skin cancer as well. So sunscreen is important. And then um, you can add some things, right? Like just based again on just kind of holistically uh, what you look like, your history, were you a smoker, were you a drinker, your underlying medical conditions. Um, that's when you can, you know, if you want to do something different like Botox, filler, the cosmetic things. But as far as skincare products, so what I usually tell people less is more. So your sunscreen is important if you're going outdoors. A gentle uh, moisturizer and a gentle cleanser. Those are kind of like your foundational things. And then outside of that, you can do some vitamin C serum. That's, you know, does a little bit of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can. And there is some data, you know, because I'm integrated, but I do believe in evidence based because just because it's natural doesn't mean, you know, poison ivy is natural, but nobody's going and rubbing that on their skin. Right. So, uh, well, I hope not. Um, So I'm evidence based. So what does the data say about these products? You know, does it really do what everybody claims that it does? Um, so vitamin C is a good product. Um, you do have, and because it does a little bit of everything. It's uh, anti-aging, antioxidative, uh, helps with some hyperpigmentation, um, some fine lines and wrinkles. Now, it's not going to take you from, you know, 60 to 20. I mean, nothing does that. I know. We have to have some realistic <laughs> goals because, you know, yes. you're sometimes looking online and it's like, this is the, pe- it'll show you their photo. And uh, it's like two weeks later, one month later, right. and then. <laughs> just like everybody's got a gimmick, I tell right. you. Um, so vitamin C is actually pretty good. Um, you've got retinoids. Some of those are over the counter. Uh, some of those are prescription. Um, but you know, you hear retinol. Um, that's like in a lot of anti-aging serums and products over the counter. That can help. Usually, I'm, I'm telling people if you're in your twenties, I mean, wear some sunscreen. Keep it simple. You know, I, I don't. You know, I'm one that I don't like having to do too much stuff. So if you're 20, I'm not focusing on like, oh, my gosh, I need to be doing a retina. I need to be doing just wear you some sunscreen. And you're good, and to, you're go. good to go. Perfect. That's good to know. Yes, yes. yes. But I don't, it doesn't look like you need much. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, I love it. So you talk about sunscreen. So one of the mm-hmm. things that I struggle with, um, or at least a lot of patients ask me, is mm-hmm. the SPF. How how do I go about trying to figure out what's enough? What's or, it? you know, when I'm looking at products. And I feel like for at least it, for for the face, most mm-hmm. of it's around 20 or 30. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, mm-hmm. you you know, you get to the 50, the 60. the mm-hmm. And as everybody, we're just like, the higher number must be better for me. So right. therefore, I need to go for the higher <laughs> one. So what are your kind of recommendations with the SPF? So usually we want at least SPF 30. Okay. So uh, SPF 30 gives you about 97% protection from the sun. Then when you go to SPF 50, that's about 98%. Anything higher than that, you're really not getting that much more. Okay. So nothing is going to give you 100%. So that's kind of why they stopped saying sun block because nothing is really 100% blocking the sun. Um, And so usually we recommend at least a number 30. Um, And now if you're going to be somewhere outside, sunny vacation, beach, you know, um, the Caribbean, then that's when I tell people you may want to go up to SPF 50 just for that a little bit added protection. Um, Now, if you get into, you know, you're somebody who has certain um, medical issues, like you have autoimmune disorders like lupus um, or something else that's sun sensitive, or you have a 
history of skin cancers, then I usually tell people you may want to just kind of across the board, do a little bit of higher sun SPF on a, on a routine basis, just because you have some uh, history of something that needs a little more protection. Um, but anything uh, less than that is not really giving you a whole lot. A okay. lot of makeups have SPF 15. I know. And so I was like, which, is that doing anything? Not, I mean, you're getting something, but you're not really getting as much as you think you are. And gotcha. then the other issue is how much you're applying can impact actually the SPF uh, number and then uh, reapplying. So sometimes people will put on, say, um, SPF 30 and they think they've put on enough, but they haven't. So they're really putting on like equivalent to maybe a SPF 15. So gotcha. our general rule is um, one ounce from head to toe. So that's like a shot glass for people that take shots. Um, so it's about an ounce. <laughs> Is how much sunscreen you want to be using. And then you want to reapply. So if, like, you're going to be outside for 15 minutes, I mean, you should be fine. But if you're going to be outside extended periods, most sunscreens will say about two hours. Some may tell you 40 minutes to reapply. So you just have to, you know, read the label gotcha. and make sure you reapply. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. So mm-hmm. all that to say is at least what I educate my patients on. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. not a dermatologist. But <laughs> just make an SPF a part of your morning kind of mm-hmm. routine with your face. If it's just a part of your moisturizer, mm-hmm. get that now I know to say consistently SPF 30 um, <laughs> that if you're putting that on it doesn't matter how much makeup you put on that day right. so you should be covered yeah. and good versus because yeah. I have a lot of people that say well it's in my makeup so I don't worry about it yeah. but yeah. like you said it has that 15 in there I'm like what are you not doing, doing a, and I don't point? know why they why they I don't know they just haven't gotten with the program I guess I you feel know. better by saying it's there like you're yeah. like my SPF is in my is in my makeup right <laughs> so you're like I'm doing I mean you are doing something now don't don't, don't go badgering yourself you're doing yeah. something but you know, you, you want to get with like what's actually going to give you what you're paying for, you know, and what's actually doing the job. So, and well, then, you know, I tell people, you know, if you some people are concerned about, you know, if I'm doing a sunscreen and not getting enough vitamin D and, you know, our response, I think, across the board from dermatology perspective is, you know, you can always replace vitamin D if you need to. Most of us, even if we weren't wearing sunscreen, our vitamin Ds are usually low anyway, especially people of color. Um, but you can always supplement for vitamin D. You know, okay. we can't you know, you can't erase once you've had a skin cancer. I mean, once you've had it, you can't erase like. 30 years of being out the sun and no sunscreen. You know, mm-hmm. you can't erase what damage has been done. So that's what we usually say. Mm-hmm. Well, perfect. So as we kind of mentioned, just recapping some things that we talked about from the first half of this segment is we talked a little bit about um, good skin care and kind of where that begins. And Jasmine, of course, kind of told us the part that's probably more challenging for most of us. And it is our lifestyle, just getting good <laughs> sleep, eating healthy, mm-hmm. drinking plenty of water, which I think is probably one of the more challenging things. Mm-hmm. I literally at my patients appointments, I'm like, how many bottles of water do you drink? <laughs> and I feel like most people are like, maybe two. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We got to fix that. Right, so right. that becomes a huge part of just in, this health in general, right, but definitely right. skin care. Right. And then we talked a little bit about the importance of SPF, which mm-hmm. uh, it's just perfect timing because mm-hmm. it is... I don't know what to describe what outside is like right now, but it is making me sad, as y'all heard me say, that this is only July and Mm -hmm. I am dying. And so we still have August to go. But all that to say is while you're out there, don't forget your sunscreen to help your skin. So what are some other things that what are probably some of the most common things people are coming to your office about that they're concerned about when we're talking about 
skin and hair care? Uh, acne is probably, probably the number one thing. I see a lot of acne, adults and, you know, kids, teenagers. Um, acne is pretty common. Um, eczema um, and I would say hair loss uh, because I'm you know, I'm not bragging or anything. I'm kind of the hair loss person in the Durham world locally. Yeah. So I see a lot of hair loss patients. So um, that's kind of, I guess I've kind of made that a little, uh, my niche or niche, however you say it, depending on how, how country you are. <laughs> I used to say niche because I'm not very, you know. I'm I very can't even tell you the correct way. It, <laughs> niche, we'll we'll niche, have to Google know. the, like, how do you say <laughs> And see what the correct <laughs> right, way to say right, it is. Right. Um, so those would probably be my top, you know, and then also uh, hyperpigmentation. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I've got a spot of concern. You know, that's that's probably a big one up there, too, along with the others. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. you're right. So I see a lot of people come in with with concerns about acne. Mm-hmm. And usually when they come into my clinic, they're like, I need to see a dermatologist. And I'm like, well, what is going on? They're like acne. And I'm like, what have we tried? Nothing. And so I try to, I'm like, I want to save, like, yes, I want you to get to a dermatologist to get the care that you, that you need. But also at the time, I want to save you a visit. Like right, let's right. try some basic things first yeah. before we jump to kind of prescription um, yes. options. So where do you tell people to start in their acne management? So, um, it depends on, you know, a few things. So age, um, I, I take into account because I've seen, you know, I've seen nine-year-olds with acne, 10-year-olds. And so with the younger, um, like, peds patients, it really depends on the child and how uh, compliant he or she can be um, because sometimes compliance at that age means more work for the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and then I also try to keep in mind, um, you know, what's going to be irritating to their skin as well. Uh, so for the younger, um, my younger patients, a lot of times if their skin is it's not too bad, then I will use some over-the-counter products, which there are um, several things that you can can do over-the-counter that actually work. Um, one is called a Dapoline, which used to be um, prescription only, but then a few years ago, they moved it to over-the-counter. So okay. it's a very mild um, retinoid. Um, people may know it by the name different, but that is um, one thing that you can use, and it, it can work very well, especially if you're concerned like, you know, or like say this time of year when kids are outdoors, they're playing summer sports, we have to be careful with retinoids because they do make you more sun sensitive because it's mm-hmm. exfoliating. It's the, you know, the hit word now, exfoliating. You know, I want to, I need to exfoliate. Um, <laughs> that's a whole horse of a whole different color. But, um, so it can make you more sun sensitive. Okay. So I consider that um, how involved their acne is um, because, you know, different Adapalene may not cut the mustard. You know, okay. I may have to do something a little different. But um, so that I, I take into account age, um, what they've tried before, how sensitive their skin is. Because there's some patients I will not start on a retinoid, just okay. depending. Um, because they, you know, they're like, oh, everything burns my skin. Well, I know if, if I put them on a retinoid, that's going to irritate them more. And then they're not going to be compliant. So I, I keep that in, in mind as well. And then when you talk about like adult women, um, hormones can play a role. Oh, yeah. Um, as they can for teenagers, too, as they're going through uh, puberty 
puberty. Um, hormones play a role. And then, of course, diet. So uh, sugar, we know, can make acne worse. And that's um, evidence-based. Um, and dairy for some people. Um, so people say, oh, I ate chocolate and my acne got worse. Well, that makes sense. The sugar and the dairy because um, dairy can be inflammatory. Okay. And acne is inflammatory. So, um, so, so a lot of times I'm trying to educate patients on, you know, kind of watch what you eat so like if you know say i have cheese pizza every night start working your way cutting that back and see how your skin responds yeah. um so yeah it's it, acne sometimes can be straightforward but sometimes it can be complicated yeah because <laughs> there's a lot of factors that can go into it so you're exactly right and then because you know like you said the skin sensitivity is a big thing because mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. i'll say you know not do it every day like mm-hmm. try it right. you know every mm-hmm. couple of days just mm-hmm. kind of see how your skin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. reacts and then of course you know mm-hmm. do it a little bit more frequent after that mm-hmm. but my cheat that I got from you from uh-huh. my friend was and I don't know if I'm saying this right either it is CeraVe or CeraVe uh-huh. or whatever, uh-huh. whatever. I, I, I go back and forth I whichever one is right. but I do their little like 4% with the benzoyl yes. peroxide yes. Uh-huh. cleanser uh-huh. and it's uh-huh. supposed to be and it's worked wonders yeah <laughs> yeah and I love the fact that this is um, the way they formulate it is newer so it's got like you know everybody's into these clays and kaolin clays and all this stuff and so it does have that in there um, for people who are into that kind of thing Um, but it's not as um, uh, irritating as some of the other benzoyl peroxide products are over the counter gotcha so so I do like theirs um, and then um, there's another brand called Panoxyl that has a 4% um, benzoyl peroxide so benzoyl peroxide we love over the counter you can also believe it or not um, Selsun Blue I prescribe a lot of prescription strength uh, uh-huh. selenium sulfide or selsin blue it definitely can help so if there's somebody who is um benzoyl peroxide is a little too irritating too drying um or you know it can bleach clothes and say parents don't want to be bothered with that you know you can try selsin blue as like a face wash um because it does help with acne so gotcha. i use a lot of it too so that's another uh tip and I think some TikTokers or somebody have gotten on to that. But I know they didn't come up with that with the, from their, themselves. <laughs> Got it. I, so the other thing that I like have to stop people from doing, and you could tell me what your opinion is, is I have so many people that just are washing their face with Dial. And I'm like, and because everyone's like, it's antibacterial. and yes. But I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like you're stripping every ounce mm-hmm. of moisture from your face exactly. and causing even more irritation. Mm-hmm. So I try to like, go against nothing against dial I'm not trying to like a wonderful cleanser (laughs) for people that might but not necessarily for the face right and that's that's the problem I think a lot of people they just have done so much to their skin Mm -hmm. and then that creates more irritation and then so then it's like you're starting from a baseline that's irritating so then that makes you know treatment then I have to be more um, cautious with what I prescribe because it's like okay we we can't add irritation on top of a product that makes may be irritating Mm -hmm. um and so a lot of times i'll just have to tell patients you know look just i'm not telling you to throw these products away (laughs) just put them away you know we may be able to add one or two things down the road uh but we're just gonna start from scratch and we're gonna keep it simple you know to make it simple and easy um and then that way you can know okay what's helping what's not what's irritating what's not um but you're absolutely right you know no dove i don't mind people using like white Mm -hmm. dove on the face you know because it's a moisturizing bar so but a soap's purpose is to strip and take away 
dirt, right? So if you're, that's what it's going to do. And so you don't want to be without any kind of natural uh, moisture and hydration. So exactly. that's why I say, nope, Dove is okay, but no, don't, don't do your Castile soap, your Dr. Bonner's. They're great soaps. They do what they're supposed to do, right. but they're very stripping. So. Right. And so definitely harsh mm-hmm. on the face. So right. I usually try to tell people, <laughs> so you're let's try right. to get, yes, let's try to get a, a, like a actually dedicated acne cleanser. So right. the CeraVe ends up just being my go-to just because it's, it, it's worked well. Mm-hmm. But. And it's, and it's, and it does, it does a good job and I have a lot of patients that like it. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Looks like we've got Linda in, uh, is that Theodore, Alabama? Am I yes, saying I that? Am. There you go. I am from Huntsville, Alabama. They have drawn <laughs> me over to Mississippi now. I'm officially a Mississippian at this point. But Linda, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. I wanted to know your opinion of micellar water. Yes. So, facial cleansing. so just to know if it's something a, a good thing to use. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, hello, Miss uh, Linda from uh, Theodore. Is it Theodore? It was Alabama. Yes, <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah. So micellar water. So it's basically um, it is a good option to use uh, as a facial cleanser. So basically, it's um, not a soap, uh, but it's it's kind of like a mild um, detergent, but it doesn't strip the skin um, like a soap would do, uh, and stripping, you know, taking too much of your natural oils and things away. So it's, it's mm-hmm. almost like a all-in-one sort of, where it helps, it, it cleanses without stripping, um, but it also can help with, like, if you just want to use it as, like, a makeup remover. Um, so you could use that in place of, you know, just using a regular um, facial cleanser, you know, as part of the part of your everyday routine but micellar waters mm-hmm. are um you know it it derives from france you know and so um <laughs> you know anything from france is supposed to be luxury i guess but um but yeah it's a great thing that you could use um you know to be to use as your cleanser um on a routine basis or a makeup remover if you if you prefer to do that well i have very oily skin mm-hmm. and i've been using the micellar water for several years now and it seems like I don't have near as much blackheads, but my skin is not dried out like I, it would be if I used a soap. Right, right. And that's, you know, what the goal of it is, is to um, to cleanse without over cleansing um, and stripping. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're like, well, I like it the way it feels, but I, you know, I want to do something a little bit more um, for oil control, then you could consider doing um, there's some products out there um, that are cleansers that are specifically for patients that have or people rather that have oily skin. Um, so I know mm-hmm. I'm not saying one brand is better than another but i do know like cerave uh has a cleanser um that is for people with oily skin um there's another brand called la roche posay uh which is uh a more uh upscale so to speak a brand that is actually uh, by the same folks uh who do who own cerave um and they do have also an oily um skin cleanser um or you could always just try see about switching your moisture 
moisturizer out. If you really like the micellar water that, and you don't want to um, try to do a different cleanser, um, you could consider uh, switching to a moisturizer that is more geared towards oil control um, and mm-hmm. just see if you like that better. Um, but you want to be, even people with oily skin, you know, it's it's a it's a fine line. You know, you don't want to be, um, no one wants to be over oily, but no one wants to be too dry either. So you want a, a happy medium, um, you know, so don't, you know, people who are oily, like, oh, I want to do anything to get rid of the oil, but you do need some oil. We do need some of it. So mm-hmm. you just want to make sure you're being, you know, careful with not overly um, drying your skin out as well. Okay, well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. Thank you, Linda. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. And so I think we lost Katrina, but we got a little like snippet of what her question was. And so it was mm-hmm. going along with acne. Mm-hmm. So we talked mm-hmm. about good ways to treat acne. Mm-hmm. But for people that have have treated their acne or are having some scarring, what have mm-hmm. been your recommendations for management of acne scars? So you can you can go about it a few different ways. Um, usually what I tell people, if they still have acne, active acne, we definitely want to make sure that we're getting that under control. Because if you're still getting acne and then you're chasing the scars and you kind of like going in a circle. Um, now there are some acne medications that can help a little bit more with the scarring like retinoids because of the exfoliating properties of it. Um, but if say you're, you know, your acne is doing great um, and you just left with the scarring, um, then there are some things and I, and I kind of, tier it based on like how aggressive a patient wants to be or how much money they want to spend. Um, You do have some silicone, and I use go cheapest to most expensive, uh, but you do have like some silicone um, products, based products that can work uh, well for scarring. So you've got some stuff over the counter, like um, there's a brand called ScarGuard or ScarAway that have uh, silicone gels. I usually tell people if they're still here and there getting acne uh, breakout to try to maybe avoid the sheets because they're a little occlusive. Um, and then there is a prescription product out there um, that is for uh, scarring. That's a sil- it's silicone, but it's like a proprietary blend of, of silicones okay. um, that's out there. Um, and then you've got things like um, chemical peels. You've got um, microdermabrasion. Um, you've got, you know, um, laser therapy you've got uh, fillers that you can use to kind of fill in those indentations um, you've also got something we call subcision which is where uh, we'll take like a little needle and try to break up the adhesions oh, wow. of the scar so you've got a few different options um, out there and it just really depends on you know what you look like what you've tried the type because there are different types of acne scars believe it or not so that makes a difference uh, it makes a difference if you're prone to hyperpigmentation if your scars are red you know um so there's some nuances that can go into that as well so if you know the easiest thing if you're like never tried anything and you're a little nervous to go like jump into the deep end of like the cosmetic procedural world you can definitely try some silicone based products which you know really i don't know anybody that's allergic to silicone um but that would be something that you could definitely try out Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Have you seen much success with some of those over-the-counter ones? Yeah, I okay. have seen some patients do well with silicone. Now, if you've had like acne scars for like 20 years, you know, it, it may not do a whole lot. But, um, you know, it wouldn't hurt you to try it if you yeah. just wanted to try something. But I have seen some patients, especially like teenagers or, you know, where parents are not, they're not trying to do all that more, you know, involved stuff. Agree. Uh-huh. Agree. So, yeah, you can definitely do something like that. And that's, you know, easy and 
readily available over the counter. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Well, it looks like we've got us another caller here. We have got Elias in Jackson. How are you, Elias? I'm good. And yourself? Pretty good. Tell us a little bit about your question this morning. Ah, hair loss. Uh, what can you tell me about that? You know, on the top of your head. Yeah, so, uh, well, welcome. Thank you for calling. Um, so it sounds like uh, Mr. A- Alias, I'm making sure I say it right, um, th- that you 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 probably have a little male pattern thinning. Um, and, you know, for, for if you were a female, you know, there's a whole bunch of things, not to, not to discriminate in guys and say they're not complicated, but usually when we talk about hair loss in a female, they can be a little more complicated. But um, it sounds like based on what you're saying, it's probably some male pattern thinning, um, which is genetic. Uh, you know, the theory was, you know, it comes from the mom, pass it to the son, blah, blah, blah. But it really can come from mom, dad, or both, um, you know, it doesn't it can the gene can be passed from either or both parents um and so um with male parents well, neither one of my parents had that problem well see here's the trick with genetics so uh <laughs> just because it didn't show up in one of your parents does not mean that they still could not have passed the gene and it depends you know sometimes i tell patients all the time you know the way um a condition may present in one person in the family it may not present like that with the somebody else in the family like that. So genes can be tricky. Um, so just because it didn't present itself in them does not mean that um, that they couldn't have still had the gene. And it just was what we call recessive in the point that it did not show up in them. Um, so, you know, for that, I know that that kind of sounds crazy, but this, you know, DNA, we, we can't fight it. But um, but anyway, so that's what it sounds like. And with male pattern um, thinning, you know, there's some things you can you can try to do over the counter. Um you know, like Rogaine, for like instance. What is that now? Rogaine, Rogaine, or you can Minoxidil is the drug name um, where you don't have to get the Rogaine brand. You can, you know, get it. It's pretty easily available over the counter or online. But um, Rogaine is something um, that you can try, um, and then you know you could always consider being evaluated in person because there are some oral medications um there's hair transplant there's something called a plate platelet rich um fiber matrix or people you know vampire facial slash prp um that's out there um as well so there's some other things um pumpkin seed oil um is another it's like a natural um alternative to some of the things uh prescription uh that has been shown to be um what we call a dht blocker which is the hormone that's kind of caught that is behind the male pattern baldness um so that's you know something else out there that's got some evidence behind it um but you know i if you know if you didn't want to try the rogaine i definitely recommend getting evaluated because men can have other flavors of hair loss you know your thyroid can play a role iron can play a role um if you're stressed that can play a role so you know male pattern could be the main thing but if you've got some other issues um that like you know what i said earlier about being healthy eating healthy sleeping well doing all that if any of that is out of the out of whack or you've got some lab abnormalities that definitely will um play a role in how well your hair can uh regrow so those things are important as well so i would say you know maybe if you you know you can consider trying something over the counter um or you know definitely i would consider though getting evaluated if you've got some you know other health issues or taking certain medications because those can play a role too so Okay. 
All right, well, he makes a lot of sense with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have a great Friday. We appreciate your question. Thank you, and you do the same. Have a great one. (laughs) You too. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy Women's Health, where we discuss issues involving women's health. I'm Dr. Jasmine Kinsey, Assistant Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at UMMC. And today I have on with me Dr. Jasmine Hollinger, who is a dermatologist in the Ridgeland area and at the Integrative Skin Care of Mississippi. And we've had a great morning just learning a lot about some just basic skin care, learning about some hair loss. And we're just going to jump right into our next caller. So we'll have time to take your question. I've got Ethan here um, from Brookhaven. How are you, Ethan? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Tell me a little bit about your question this morning. Um, so my wife and I, we do a couple of things at night uh, with a uh, different type of oil mixtures, whether it be barrage oil, bohogo oil, and um, black seed oil. But we introduced, started introducing rose water along with like a rose water serum, which was a 1% higher law. Kaya, Lauronic Acid. I hope I'm saying that right. You got I it. Good job. Oh, <laughs> I great. can't spell it. My, my autocorrect has to correct me, and I'm a dermatologist. So. <laughs> and so I'm just wondering, because um, I know rose water is great for the hair. Um, the hair loves it. But for the skin, I know it's supposed to be good for the skin as well as that um, the serum as well. So I just want to know how good that is for uh, moisturizing because I know rose water is supposed to be antibacterial and antioxidant. Um, so yeah, that was my question. So um, great question, and I always love it to see what when a guy is is into his skincare health is is the women because uh, you know look good. You still gotta look good. <laughs> Can't, can't be in these streets looking crazy, huh? Um, yeah. So I get, I always get tickled because you know there's a whole move of like male aesthetics, you know. So um, it's good to see, you know, that it's it's just not. I mean, guys have skin too, you know. So hey, they need yeah. to take care of it just like us girls. Um, so yeah, so rose water, um, it definitely uh, has um, some evidence to support um, its use for like skin lightening and um, anti aging, anti-wrinkling, and it is also known uh, to be anti-inflammatory. So, um, so it's got some uh, good properties, um, just depending on you know what you're using it for. Um, and so, with the hyaluronic acid, you know that that's the kind of big thing as far as helping with um, moisture, um, because hyaluronic acid, our body produces it naturally. But as we age, um, you know we it starts, we start losing some of it. And so um, hyaluronic acid usually is in a lot of uh, skincare products to help uh, attract water. Um, and so, um, so yeah, but rose water, it definitely um, is supported with some evidence, again, to support that it can help with some lightening. It helps block um, one of the enzymes in our body that helps make pigment and so, um, or melanin. So that is um, why some people use it if they have some, you know, dark discoloration and, and Anti-aging. So, yeah, but it definitely uh, could be an added uh, benefit to what you're, you know, what you're already doing. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, there's so many products out there. Um, and just like with anything, I always tell patients, you know, just because it's it's natural. And I'm again, I'm all for it. You know, I like I'm the person that does not wear shoes. I like to be outside barefoot, you know, my two-year-old runs around the house, no clothes on. I mean, it's probably TMI, but that's just that's just me, okay? 
Um, <laughs> but as with anything, you just want to make sure that you vet whatever product you're using um, because, you know, the FDA really does not regulate cosmeceuticals. And I mean, there's cosmeceuticals everywhere. Um, so you want to make yeah. sure you do your due diligence um, because, you know, People don't have to be companies don't have to always be don't have to be honest with what's in their products, nor do they have to say this is, say, um, a 10 percent rosemary. Uh, I mean, not rosemary, rose water extract, um, because they'll say, oh, this is proprietary information. So the thing I tell patients is, you know, you can. Um, get a product but you don't know if it's the strength or the concentration needed to do what it claims to do so um, so you just want to make sure you're doing your due diligence um, and making sure that the product is legitimate um, and you know that you make sure that you anything new you just test your skin before you just put it all over just do a little small amount like behind the ear the forearm um, to just make sure you're not having any uh, adverse reactions to the product Especially if it's something you've never oh, used and you and you're already doing a lot of other natural things, you just want to make sure and then you know make sure if you, if you should be seeing your primary care um doc routinely like Dr. Kensey here, and you want to make sure you always tell your physicians who what you're using, including natural supplements because those things are very important um for anything else you know that you may be on so just a f y I appreciate it. You're well, you have a great Friday, Ethan. Thanks for your question. Thanks, Ethan. Thank you. Y'all have a great day. You too. That's why I love the Friday show because I learned so much myself because <laughs> now I'm like, Rosewater, I'm going to have to go and look that one up because this is new to me. No, it's new to me. So I think that's awesome. And I think, Jay, do we have one more caller on? That's Setting it up right now. Okay. We're setting up for a room for one last caller. So as soon as we get them on the line, we'll take that call. But, um, but no, I'm with you. I'm all for, you know, trying to find all natural ways uh, of mm-hmm. doing things because skincare mm-hmm. products make me nervous, especially when you start talking about chemicals mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Um, and so you get worried about just how your mm-hmm. skin's going to mm-hmm. react and those Absolutely. types of things. Um, and so I think we might have our, our caller ready. Yep. All right. We'll take our last call of the morning. Hey, this is Curtis. Uh, I had a question. What would you recommend as a uh, good moisturizer and a good cleaner for your face? Um, So that is, uh, I know it sounds like a simple question, but it is loaded. (laughs) And I say it's loaded because um, the importance is knowing what kind of skin you have. Um, Because if you're somebody who's oily, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to use a product that's for um, patients with, um, you know, like dry skin. Or if you're dry, you don't want to be using products that's for people with oily skin because, you know, you're going to strip what you already may be lacking. Um, so knowing your skin type, usually uh, I tell people it kind of falls into roughly three categories. Normal, you know, meaning like you're not too oily, not too dry, you're not over, you're not sensitive. Um, sensitive skin, dry skin, or oily. So that that is important um, of knowing your skin, kind of knowing the lay of the land. And then after you kind of make that determination, um, then you definitely um, there's some different products out there. Um, so the ones usually most dermatologists are recommending are products like CeraVe, um, Cetaphil, um, Fanny Cream is another product line um, that's pretty simple. Um, Aveeno. So those are some products you can you know just check out for yourself once you kind of determine what kind of skin you have if you don't know the answer to that already. 
Well, thanks for your call, Curtis. We appreciate you coming on with us this morning, Dr. Hollinger. This is Southern Remedy Women's Health. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, and it's funded in part by a grant of the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. I'm Dr. Jasmine Kinsey. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy Women's Health on MPP Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.